we're going to talk about faith in the blood this morning. First service. I don't know what's going to happen second service. I didn't know what was going to happen last night, but had a lot of fun last night. Amen. <laughs> and so uh, if you would, let's look at one phrase, Romans chapter 3, verse 25. And uh, we're going to talk about faith in the blood of Jesus. Faith in his blood. You can hardly sing a song like that without just wanting to look at the scriptures and meditate on and bring that blood into application in your life. And Romans 3.25 is where we get this phrase, a very clear, simple phrase, and he says, through faith in his blood. And then he says, in the King James here, he says, we have a propitiation. Propitiation is not a word that you use very often. I probably have never used it except in that verse. Romans 3.25 says, we have a propitiation through faith in his blood. The word propitiation simply means restoration, number one, to fellowship. Number one, to fellowship with God. Restoration to fellowship. In other words, you're created for that. Jesus died and raised from the dead to bring you back into fellowship with God. Not just a relationship with God, but real fellowship with the Almighty God. So he says, we have been restored, but he says it happens through faith in his blood. Restored, number one, to fellowship. Number two, to favor or to blessing. If you have an Amplified Bible, which we call the Women's Bible because it has more words, right? So <laughs> Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible says we have a propitiation. And then it has reference to uh, Exodus 25, 22. Exodus 25, 22. And the word propitiation there because uh, the Amplified says we have a mercy seat. And so the mercy seat was where the blood was sprinkled or the blood was applied. And that's how you and I receive mercy. The application of the blood on the mercy seat. So he says we have a propitiation or uh, a mercy seat. Our Exodus 25, 22 says, God said, I will meet you there. All right, let's try that one more time. God said, listen, if you want to have a meeting with God, God says, I'm going to tell you where I'm going to meet you. You don't determine the meeting place. God does. God said, I'll tell you where I'll meet you. And he said, I'm going to meet you at the mercy seat because that's where the blood was sprinkled or the blood was applied. And he said, I'll meet with you there and I'll commune with you intimately there at the mercy seat where the blood is applied. So that has reference to Romans uh, chapter 3, verse 25, where he says, faith in his blood is the mercy seat, or you could say it is the meeting place. Well, in the New Testament, anytime faith in the blood is exercised or applied, there you can have a meeting with God. So a couple of things about having a meeting with God. Number one, you cannot have a meeting with God and not know it. You have a meeting with God, you're going to say, I just had a meeting with God. <laughs> when Moses had that meeting with God, he came out glowing. It'll change your countenance for sure. Had a meeting with God. And you can't have a meeting with God and not be changed. So something very simple and fundamental to our faith is what the blood of Jesus has done for us, number one, 
what it has done in heaven. What it has done in heaven. Heaven's forever changed when Jesus took his blood into the holy place. Number two, what the blood does in the heart of the believer, that it reaches into the heart. Our Paul says in the new covenant, he says the blood actually removes sin consciousness. All right, let's try that one more time. Actually, Hebrews 10, 1 and 2, uh, one translation says, you are no longer haunted by the sense of sin. So October is really a good month for you to no longer be haunted <laughs> by the failures or memories or mistakes or shortcomings of the past. In other words, he said the blood of Jesus silences or removes sin consciousness. Or Andrew Murray said it silences the voice of self-condemnation. The blood reaches into the conscience and no pharmacy can do that. Only the blood of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit reaches into the deepest part of your personality and sets you free from the guilt, the shame, the stain, even the memory. If God said, I don't remember your sin, if the blood has the power to remove your sin from the memory of God, and we know God's got a pretty good memory, but if the blood has the power to remove your sin from the memory of God, where God said, I will not remember your sin. Amen. If he don't remember, or the blood of Jesus carries the antibodies. I said the blood of Jesus carries the antibodies to set you free from sin and all that it has produced. The antibodies we've studied, you know, because of our grandson, antibodies called a memory cell. And so the blood of Jesus carries the memory cells of everything he has done for you and everything he has overcome in your behalf. And the moment you apply that blood, it reaches into your heart and he says, and it removes the consciousness of sin. Now the Old Testament couldn't do that. You were forgiven in the Old Testament, but we've got a better covenant with better promises. We've got a new covenant and the blood of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit reaches into your conscience and basically tells the devil to shut up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it makes you feel good sometimes just to say, shut up. So the blood of Jesus silences that voice. Amen. Shut up. If I want anything out of you, I'll knock it out of you. That's what we used to say. If I want anything out of you, I'll knock it out of you. We'd say, if I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. So, so the blood of Jesus changes the way that you see yourself and the way you feel about yourself. Now, I got this prophecy from Dad Hagen many years ago, and um, I wrote it down. I got a piece of paper here, and he said, 
but many have said, this is a prophecy from the Holy Spirit. Many have said, oh, I've missed it so. I wish I'd for, I could forget about the past, those mistakes and those faults and failures and even the wrong and the sin that I did. Yea, saith the Lord, do not count as nothing my blood. Remember my blood, the precious blood, the divine blood of the divine Son of God was shed for the remission of sin. So not just forgiveness, the remission means cancellation of penalty, removal of guilt. And one translation says absolute remission. All right, let's try this one more time. Cancellation of penalty and the removal of guilt, absolute remission, or in my grandson's case, the doctor said molecular remission. In other words, there is no evidence in any one cell of his body that he ever had leukemia. They said, we are, we are out to produce molecular remission. Hallelujah. So what God did in the New Testament, the New Covenant, he's out to produce molecular remission. Nothing left of what you used to be. The blood of Jesus has removed it all. Amen. And the guilt, the shame, the stain is gone. So let me finish this prophecy. So he says, you know, you feel a certain way and certain memories, you know, may come. And he said, don't count as nothing my blood, the precious blood, divine blood of the Son of God. And then he said, Isaiah 43, 25 and 26, God said, I, even I am he that blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sin. He said, put us Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. So two things. Put me in remembrance. Remember this promise. Put me in remembrance. Think about it. Remember this. Amen. And then he says, and let us plead together. Plead together. Well, um, my mama used to do that all the time. She'd say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. And I went to Bible college four years and came back home and actually uh, told my mama I was concerned about her theology. If you can imagine a son that's not that bright coming and talking to his mama, and I said, I'm concerned about your theology. I said, because I've been in Bible college for your study theology, plead the blood is nowhere in the New Testament. And she just looked at me and she said, well, it seems to be working for me. She said, you're going to Bible college, and that is a miracle. <laughs> so when you say, I plead the blood, it simply means I rest my case on the blood of Jesus. In other words, uh, Andrew Murray said it this way. He said, to enjoy this blessing, nothing is necessary except faith in the blood. He said, the blood alone has done everything. All right, let's try this one more time. To enjoy this blessing, nothing is necessary except faith in the blood. The blood alone has done everything. So let's say his blood plus nothing, minus nothing. I plead the blood. I rest my case on the blood. So Dad Hagen, I heard him say, he said, um, 
I got saved among the Baptists. Thank God for the Baptists. So many people received the Lord. He said, so I got saved among the Baptists. Then I went among the Pentecostal or Spirit-filled people. He said, I went there for fellowship because they believed in healing. And so I went there for fellowship, he said, and I hung around there till I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Then I got the left foot of fellowship from the Baptist. <laughs> he said, so I came over among spirit-filled people. He said, when I got among spirit-filled people, I would hear them say, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. So he said, I didn't much understand what they were doing. He said, but it worked so well for me. He said, I'll still do it to this day. In other words, when you have challenges in your life, challenges in your soul, challenges in any area of your life, he said, I would say, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. In other words, the blood of Jesus has the power to stop the strategies of the devil, has the power, amen, to remove sin or guilt or sin consciousness, and that blood has power in heaven, power in your heart to set you free even from the sense of sin, our sin consciousness, our sense of guilt, and to produce a righteousness consciousness through faith in his blood. Amen. But you may need to apply that with your voice through faith in his blood. Amen. Let me finish reading this. Praise the Lord. He said, I even am he that blots out thy transgressions. I will not remember thy sins or thine iniquities. So do not dwell upon the past. Think no longer of that which is past. And when the enemy shall bring a picture of it before your mind, just laugh and say, ha, ha. Now, you see, Mark Hankins was not the first one that thought of that. All right, let's go with this again. If the devil brings a picture or even a feeling, he said, before your mind, he says, just laugh and say, ha, ha, that does not exist, Mr. Devil. That does not exist. Because the Father has blotted it all out, the blood has washed it all away, and now I stand in him. And the enemy may persist, but the more he, <coughs> excuse me, the enemy may persist. How many know the devil can be pretty persistent? He said, the enemy may persist. He said, but the more he persists, the more you laugh. Now, I can tell some of you haven't laughed in a little while, but he said, the more the enemy persists, come on, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. And then he said, you just laugh in his face and say, that does not even exist anymore, Mr. Devil, because the blood has washed it away. And I'm in Christ. I want some of you just to practice that just for a moment. Just go, ha, ha. And in this case, he's saying laugh in the face of the enemy because the blood has set you free from sin, from guilt, from shame, and now you got your joy back. Yeah. Woo! All right, I think we need to practice that one more time. 
He said, the more he persists, the more you laugh. Laugh right in his face. We have the drinking section from last night that has come this morning. Thank God for the Holy Ghost, huh? What a helper he is. And he says this, and, and then that, you just laugh more. Now, I never knew that joy was one way you could resist the Holy Ghost. I mean, resist the devil. I mean, yeah. say the devil. <laughs> Sadness is the way you resist the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I see some people that I'm resisting the Holy Ghost right now. <laughs> the Holy Spirit said, laugh in the face of the enemy. And he said, and if he persists, just go ahead and practice and keep laughing. Now, some of you take the devil way too serious. I said, you take the devil way too serious. You should take the blood serious, amen? You should take Jesus serious. You should take the word serious, amen? I'm redeemed by the blood, amen? The blood, nothing is stronger than the power of the blood. And he said, you laugh, ha, ha, ha. And the Holy Spirit will prompt you to laugh sometimes. He'll just prompt you. He won't make you laugh. He'll just prompt you to say, laugh about that. Ha, ha, ha. In other words, you become blood conscious. Everybody say blood conscious. He said, and as you laugh, he said, then the enemy will run away and hide. How many like to see the devil running from you? How many believe he could run from you this morning? Just put him on the run right now. I saw him run, clean out the building, run down the street. I heard John Osteen tell this story years ago. I used to love hearing John Osteen preach at Dad Hagen's camp meetings. And he said, he told the story about at uh, one of the schools, you know, there was a bully in the school. And the bully had a piece of paper and he was writing writing names on the paper. And so one of his friends came over and said, what are, you, what are you writing on that paper? And the bully said, I'm writing the name of everybody in this school I could whip. And his friend looked at it and said, hey, he said, you got my name on there. He said, you can't whip me. And he said, okay, so he scratched it out. <laughs> Come on, sometimes the devil's got a list everybody can whip. If you see your name on there, you say, hey, you got my, take my name off that list. I'm washed in the blood. You can't whip me. <laughs> Woo. I mean, like, see the devil take your name off the list. Come on, next time he comes around and tries to bully you, you do a ha, ha, ha. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. I'm washed in the blood. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I'll not be silent about the blood. Praise God. Woo! Hallelujah. Through faith in his blood. So really pleading the blood, I plead the blood. Pleading the blood is simply synonymous, identical, to faith in his blood. That means I rest my case. 
All right, let's try this again. I rest my case. Well, does that mean no more arguments? No more discussion? Case is closed. The blood has spoken. Amen. And I am redeemed, and I am clean, and I am washed, and I am righteous, and I am free. Hallelujah. By the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. His blood alone has done everything. Hallelujah. So Smith Wigglesworth said it this way as we study and said, through the help of the Holy Spirit. He said, as we study, we'll find that there's not one thing in me the blood does not cleanse. Oh, man, let's try this again. Come on, this came from the, from the guy raised 23 people from the dead. You got to have some boldness. Come on, your faith in the blood will give you boldness. Come on, it'll give you freedom and it, it brings blessing into your life. That's your blood blessed, amen, redeemed by the blood. There's not one thing in me that the blood does not cleanse. Hallelujah. All right, let's try this one here. Dad Hagen, you know, laying hands on the, you know, the healing line, you know, people that were coming to receive healing. He said, so one time I was laying hands on people in the healing line, and he said, uh, I was going down the line, and I came across one woman, and I heard her say, right before I got to her, I heard her say, Lord, you know I ought to be healed. I'm the best Christian in this church. <laughs> he said, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And he said, and the truth was, she actually was the best Christian in the church. He said, but you don't get healed because you're the best Christian in the church. He said, you sure don't get healed because you're the worst Christian in the church. He said, you get healed because of the blood of Jesus, faith in his blood. So he said, we had to change the song that we sing during the healing line. Y'all know what song he had to go to, right? The old song, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Oh, Lamb of God, I come. I come. That's Billy Graham's old song, you know, from all the crusade. Just as I am. Come on, we're not trying to fix up stuff and put, present ourselves in some better light. He said, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. In other words, my confidence to receiving from God is not based on something I did or something I didn't do, I should have done. I come on the basis of the blood. His blood alone has done everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Through faith in his blood. So it's not enough to believe in the blood. Faith always must come with an application. The Old Testament, they applied the blood on the doorpost of the house. And God said what? When I see the blood, I got you covered. When I see what? The blood. I'm not looking to see how talented you are. I'm just looking for blood. Think of Rahab. The walls of Jericho. Yeah. That's right. A prostitute. Think of that. Yeah. 
And she helped the spies when they came. And they said, let me tell you something. She knew this city's coming down. They said, just hang this scarlet thread outside the window. Get all your family in the house. When all the walls came down, a prostitute, think about that. Let's try this again. Come on. She probably wouldn't have been able to get in a lot of churches. I mean, they'd say, well, we know what you are. A prostitute. And the key was that scarlet thread hanging out the window. I bring application to the blood. And that scarlet thread means you're treated just like you're righteous. I don't know about you, but if I was you, I'd be slinging blood everywhere. I'd be saying, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. I, even if you don't fully understand this. I said, even if you don't fully understand this, come on, it, it may take you 30 years to fully understand it, but if you just uh, start applying the blood and you do that, in the Old Testament, it was applied with a branch called hyssop, but in the New Testament, the blood is applied with a hyssop of your tongue are the hyssop of your voice. Imagine what happened while we were singing about the blood. Even if you can't sing as good as me and Mac. (laughs) Amen. Next time we hunt together, we may get up at five o'clock and and last time I made him some scrambled eggs and and I I usually... I usually, you know, I put a little, little half and half in my scrambled eggs, you know, a little butter, and look in the refrigerator, and this guy didn't have nothing in there, but he had a little carton of French vanilla milk. I thought, well, let's try that. So I put that in them scrambled eggs, and man, Pastor Mac, he'd come, oh, we got some scrambled eggs. Man, he goes, what is that, man? Sweet eggs. All right. Come on, first thing in the morning. Come on, get the scarlet thread out. Hang it out. Come on, first thing in the morning, lift your voice and apply the blood over your mind, over your life, over your past, over your future, over your family, over your children, over your grandchildren. Apply the blood. Apply the blood. To have faith in the blood, you cannot be silent about it. All right, let's try that again. I said to have faith. Come on, there is no such thing as silent faith. It always has a voice. So you can sing about it. Praise the Lord. So next time I get in a truck. Five o'clock in the morning, I'm going to say there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Come up here, Pastor Matt. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Come on, this is not complicated here. We look to the blood of his cross. It says in Colossians, through the blood of his cross, 
God sees us through that blood and he sees us righteous and faultless and holy. Amen. So I plead the blood. I come and apply the blood. Now, praise the Lord. There's just so much here. Y'all are listening so slow. It's taking me so long. We would just like for something to register, you know, and you go, ah. Oh. All right. So now, to apply the blood. Y'all surely are the special people that got up early, huh? So now, to have faith in the blood. Woo! My confidence. My expectation, my boldness, my peace, my joy, my whole life on the basis of the blood. His blood alone has done everything. All right, now, let me read this by Andrew Murray real quickly here because several years ago, I don't know, what time is this service over? Oh, Lord. So, Andrew Murray, I'll read this quick. So, several years ago, I was at... Uh, you know, it's quite a few years ago. I was at an airport. Is, are you ready? You kind of want, all right. Well, just give me a minute. Just, I, well, I thought you had your little notebook and you was ready to come up here and tell everybody. Something. Just close your notebook and pay attention. So now, so, <laughs> how many think he deserves that, right? I'll be getting my water gun out. My super squirter. So we were at an airport years ago and, and Trina saw a book on the shelf, you know, in one of the airport bookstores and it was, uh, it was uh, The Precious Blood of Jesus, or The Power of the Blood of Christ, uh, Andrew Murray. And so uh, she said, I think I ought to buy this book. You know, I was a little insulted when she said, we need to buy this book. I said, you think I need to read a book about the blood? Don't you know who my dad is? I was raised in church, my grandpa is. In other words, I was a little insulted because I thought, you know, I know about as much about the blood as there is to know. So I said, I'm, uh, you, you buy it, you read it, underline the best parts, and I'll look at it. <laughs> so she left it by, by my chair. And I started reading, I went, I must have forgot some of this. <laughs> I know I knew it, but... And so I started going back over the scripture. So here's the way Andrew Murray said it. He said, faith is largely dependent upon knowledge. If knowledge of what the blood of Jesus can or has accomplished is not accurate, then your faith expects little. Listen, listen. He says, and the more powerful effects of the blood could be limited because your knowledge is limited. Or even if you have forgotten. Or you're not conscious. So he says, he says, <laughs> feeble ideas of its power. In other words, most people think, well, I know I've been forgiven. I know I'm forgiven. I'm just an old sinner forgiven. All right, now let's get to how much you know. Because if the blood hasn't produced 
a righteousness consciousness, then your knowledge is limited. So he says this. He says, feeble ideas of power prevent the deeper, more perfect manifestation of its effects. And then he said this. Y'all ready for this? As we find out what the scriptures teach about the blood, we will see that faith in the blood can produce greater results. All right, let's go this one more time. Come on, as you take some time to meditate on and go over the scriptures, and the Holy Spirit brings you fresh revelation, our fresh application. He said, the blood can produce greater results than we have yet known, and in the future, a ceaseless blessing may be ours. Ah, come on now. So that means you've got to go back over the scriptures, meditating on the scriptures about the blood, and Dad Hagen said, allow the Holy Spirit, allow the Holy Spirit to capture your imagination. Revelation, or see yourself washed in that blood. Hallelujah. He said in that blood, first of all, you're redeemed from the curse. The blessing of the Lord is the cup of blessing and communion. Second of all, that blood brings you into a meeting with God. Or his presence. Amen. Amen. A meeting with God. So I like to change prayer. Because if you have a fried chicken dinner, everybody's going to show up. But if you say we're having a prayer meeting, I mean, man, you know, you like. <laughs> you just mentioned prayer. Say, you need to pray more. You're like, ah, man. Ah, so let's just change the definition of prayer just for a moment. Let's just say, I'm going to have a meeting with someone who's extremely rich knows everything, extremely powerful, and likes me a lot. All right, let's try this out. So let's change the definition of prayer. Somebody said, what did you do this morning? I had a meeting with someone extremely rich, extremely powerful, knows everything, and likes me a whole lot. Because of that blood, the Spirit of God now has moved on the inside of you, lives inside of you, and makes you a new creature in Christ. Old things passed away. Everything has become new. Praise the Lord. Wow. Wow. Amen. Uh, It's supposed to be finished 1030, I think. Anyway, so that's the introduction to this message on faith in the blood. Uh, We call it slinging blood everywhere. My mama said, I plead the blood. I have faith in the blood. I'm here today because of the mercy of God. Wow. The blood of Jesus applied by one person in a family. I I think about Reinhard Bonnke saying, I see a blood-washed Africa. Come on, I can still hear his voice. He's in heaven. I see a blood-washed Africa. Africa, shall we say? I said, I like that. Now you can go to Nigeria, and the greatest churches in the world are in West Africa and Nigeria. 
You can be stuck on the freeway and people are running up and down the freeway passing out Kenneth Hagin books, you know, selling them. And Kenneth Hagin books, he never even went there. Are y'all still here? The spirit of faith and the blood applied changing the whole continent. Well, what would happen in America, come on, if we lifted our voice and said, I plead the blood of Jesus over America right now for the move of the Holy Ghost and a revival. I plead the blood. What would happen if a mom or a dad put the blood on the doorpost of the house through your faith? And say, I see my children, I see my grandchildren redeemed by the blood. No matter what it looks like right now, I plead the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Your personal faith in the blood. And don't, don't assume that you already know everything there's to know about that. And then have a bold confession. I said a bold confession. Faith and confession have to go together. A bold confession. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin, from all unrighteousness. There is not one thing in me the blood does not cleanse. It's done such a great work that I actually am the righteousness of God in Christ. That's a revolutionary comment right there. Amen. The blood of Jesus is my divine covering and protection. Come on, what do they call that in Israel? The Iron Dome? Come on, when the missiles are coming in, then they got the missiles that go out and intercept them. The blood of Jesus is the Iron Dome over my head. Every time there's an incoming, come on, we launch from here, blow it up out there. Divine covering and protection. The blood of Jesus prevents deception. Because the devil's a deceiver. Come on, all the philosophies and all the illusions and imaginations, but the blood of Jesus prevents deception. Stops every attempt of the enemy to deceive me. That's my confession. The blood of Jesus. Here's another one. This is the last one. By his own blood, the Lord Jesus has sanctified me. He's taken complete possession of me for God. My whole spirit, my soul, and my body surrendered to God to be filled with the Spirit of God. The blood of Jesus has sanctified me, made me holy, and I surrender or yield myself. In other words, this is what I call pleading the blood against yourself. Or selfishness or, come on, your own little doodads that go around in your little brain. You look in the mirror and say, plead the blood of Jesus. I'm getting tired of your attitude right now, and I plead the blood of Jesus. You know, and, and, you tell you, and tell yourself, don't look down while I'm talking to you. You look at me while I'm talking to you. So I plead the blood of Jesus that I might surrender myself to God's will and God's best blessings for my life. I plead the blood in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood. Hallelujah. My faith, my confidence. Come on, Pastor Mac. I ran out of time. God bless you. Glory to God. Amen.